0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, the podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they cannot get to work. As always, I'm joined in the studio... By producer Joel. Hey, Mark. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm right, thanks. Yeah, it sounded like you were starting a song, so I, I didn't want to sort of interrupt it.
2: But you, yeah, I lost confidence.
1: Yeah, you It was. Yeah. Is that where you were heading with it? But I think it might have been, but I had to pull out.
2: Did, had to abandon ship. Did you pull out? Pull out because of
1: voice confidence, or because you weren't sure what? the lyrics were going to be next
2: never never voice confidence got the voice of an angel it was, it was lyrical content <laughs> oh
1: was it oh okay well I have yeah. a think about it and then next time uh next week you can have a bit longer to do yeah. that if you like thanks no, mark. no problem with thanks them. mark maybe we won't do that um <laughs> so joel what's, what's what what have you been up to what's been happening this week i haven't, I haven't um, spoke to you for a week what's been happening
2: great question mark i wish oh. i could help you out um, Thanks very I, much. I have. I saw some family at the weekend for a big roast.
1: Again. Yeah. Last time. Last time we spoke, you you had an outdoor roast. Yeah. Well, this was a pub garden. Oh, it was very exciting. Oh, I went to a pub garden last night to meet a friend. Oh. Yeah. It was. It was empty. It was nice.
2: Was My friend it, didn't show up.
1: It, yeah. No. It's just me. <laughs> there wasn't a friend. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it was nice, though, to have a drink on my own in a pub garden. I say pub garden. It's my garden.
2: (laughs) And you don't drink. Don't drink either. You had a glass of water in the garden
1: yesterday Uh, afternoon, didn't you? No, I didn't even have that. (laughs) Just sat on my own in the garden
2: in the dark. Oh. Still, though, nice to be out. (sighs) Is it? (laughs) It is
1: exciting. Gigs come back uh, end of this week. Wow. No, they don't. Next week, it's Monday, 17th. Monday the seventeenth. Monday the seventeenth, I have my first one. Mm. Then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if they get, if they happen, almost like that's a, amazing. Almost like a proper job again. Bloody hell! I know. I'm really. Ex- are you
2: feeling? Are you nervous? You're gonna be rusty.
1: Well, I, I had not actually given it any thought, but now you said that, yeah, a little bit. Mm. I'm gonna have to learn. But well, I've got to decide what I'm gonna do. I kind of. I've got loads of new stuff I want to do, so I feel like I need to. Get in and divide mm-hmm. everything up into trying out live bits, and yeah, then do yeah. like five new bits a gig or something. But have a exciting. I need to have a system. I need to get on that. I'm gonna get on that this week. That's exciting. That is Great. exciting.
2: Uh, really exciting. Yeah,
1: and it's joke chat, isn't it? In the intro, it is. It's right on. Yeah. Right on topic. Big time. So you're gonna be mm. off around the UK, driving around the UK doing it's gigs around the UK, mate. I've got. Um, where am I? Sonning. Never heard of it. But I think it's never heard. I don't it. think it's that far away. Sunning it might be. Two ends. Probably learn that before you get there. Yeah, yeah. Hello, how, Sunning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can you can't find it out until you get there and ask someone, can you? you? I don't think you could just type it into Google or something. You could definitely to, type that in. You wouldn't tell you how to pronounce it, would it?
2: Yeah, but you can maybe find like you know an interview with someone from there. No one's talking about or a that news case. report. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I've got Ash, Ashby de la Zouche
2: or oh, one of the best names
1: at the weekend too and then i think i'm in faversham little local one on the sunday if i remember correctly wow can't wait can't wait Jolie boy Jolly boy boy um <laughs> what are you gonna do on monday to celebrate um well are you gonna hug someone
2: really, i'm gonna hug everyone okay. no, i'm not i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna be responsible I, I will finally hug my girlfriend after a year <laughs> i'm looking forward to that <laughs> living together We live together in the same (laughs) flat. That'd be nice. (laughs) I'm looking forward to that. Um, I actually was kind of hoping I could go to the cinema because I really really love the cinema. Me too. One of my my favourite things to do. And, Mark, there's just simply nothing on at the cinema.
1: Surely for first opening night, there...
2: No, it's still nothing.
1: What, are they showing classics, are they?
2: There's some classics. There's some, like, theatre performances. Oh, no one wants to see that. No, well, no, not at the cinema.
1: No.
2: I always find that so weird. Yeah. If you're um, going to
1: go somewhere, pay money for a ticket, go watch it at the place, right? Yeah. I mean, there's probably well, guess, reasons but, that guess, people can't do uh,
2: Yeah. It. That you're not in the city where it's happening, probably. Pro- but, probably. But I am um, a lot of the time. And also, I hate theatre. No, that's <laughs> not true. Um, but there's nothing on at the cinema. I was really hoping I could go and see, you know, one of the new films, but they're not out.
1: Ah, is Cineworld mm. open?
2: Uh, yeah I think so they're all opening
1: I guess they're gonna restart my membership because I've got the Cineworld thing nice unlimited black, black card oh yeah not, was it a
2: Cineworld you worked at
1: it was a Cineworld I worked at yeah hmm. there's nothing not, that, those two things aren't linked I still have to pay for it as. but it's interesting does. that you're
2: loyal, to, you're loyal to the Cineworld brand only because they do the un-
1: unlimited card and okay. that works very nicely for a comedian dotted around the country. If you've got a bit of spare time during the day, go to the cinema. Lovely. And then access to all cinemas when you have on those cards. Mm. And everything's free. You just pay the monthly fee. I feel like we should be sponsored by Cineworld. It is good, it's good but, value.
2: Great value. Do you get a sort of discount on snacks? or
1: Get a bit of discount on snacks, yeah. But that is good. good. Uh, I think I, it was a ring, the red card is 10%. I, I believe the black card might even be 20
2: Twenty percent, yeah. But I was actually that told when
1: I worked at the cinema that that obviously, I mean, everyone knows this. It's priced up a lot.
2: I mean, um, popcorn must be like ten thousand percent, right? Yeah,
1: they told me on my um, induction mm. that popcorn is more profitable than cocaine. <laughs> that was. I what, remember that. I always remember. That what, really what business well.
2: does Cineworld? What, what business does Cineworld have <laughs> dishing out cocaine? Yeah, well, I
1: don't well, I doubt they do that but maybe he had experience
2: maybe maybe that's why he switched from Columbia. dealing to yeah, well, he, reeling
1: he, he came from Citywell, Columbia. <laughs> so I don't know if that's got anything to do with it
2: um, yeah isn't it popcorn that keeps basically the, the whole industry afloat yeah because they yeah. they
1: also don't make hardly any money on the actual tickets being sold yeah it's very like so small so all the money they earn is through popcorn so I do buy popcorn because of that, knowing that. I know a lot of people think it's so expensive, you shouldn't. But knowing that, you know, I like to do, do my I love it. I like to do my it. I always buy it. I, like, I, I, buy I do it. like popcorn.
2: Large, salty popcorn.
1: Oh, salt and sweet, mate.
2: Yeah, also good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i feeling hungry now. I really want to go to cinema. We should go to cinema. James. Oh,
2: I'd love to go on a little cinema date. Let's do that. That'd be really nice. That'd be nice. Yeah. With me? Okay. Yeah. Oh, with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Oh, that's that's very lovely. Um, so, anyway, this week, Joel, um, what's what's happening this week? You, you're supposed to tell me. We've got the amazing, the incomparable Mr. Andrew O'Neill. It's Andrew
1: O'Neill. He is incomparable. Actually, there aren't many acts like him. And uh, when I started comedy, and I was comparing for uh, Kent Comedy Club. Lone Star all over the place and Andrew will come down and he'd someone I looked at and thought, oh, I wanna be like that. It's very he's very funny. Silly, jokes, good gags, cracking stuff. And here he is.
3: I did I, I did a podcast and I really enjoyed it. And then she said, Can you send me through your recording? I went, Oh, you did not tell me it.
1: <laughs> That is a rookie error
3: i mean
1: that's yeah yeah that's bad um yeah that's no no yeah, this is all good and you sound good so okay cracking have you been doing lots of these sort of things
3: yeah i say yes to to, to practically all of them and yeah. then I'm, and i i've got about 50 percent um success rate at
1: remembering it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a classic comedian I, that's the thing it doesn't bother me because i just i'm the same so yeah so it, it really doesn't matter And it, it's you know So I suppose we. So we should say what happens. So you you sort of forgot, and then when when we when we came on earlier, you said you don't think you can do it because you. Yeah. I'd said because it's very loose. This, but I kind of give a general. Have five-ish bits that haven't worked, but you said that you you don't really write like that or remember that. So tell me what you just said earlier. I know it's repeated. Yeah.
3: So I. um... Well, th- there, are, there are two things at play. One is, one is the simple lack of, of being in my comedy head brought about by not gigging. Mm. So, um, my material, I, normally I feel like I, I wear my material like a sort of aura and it's all just there and sort of accessible. And, and at the moment, because of all the gigs I'm doing, I have to do different stuff each time for my regular audience. I haven't got that. Oh. So, that. So, you, so, you
1: do your own regular gig that you write for each time?
3: I do a gig every, every week and oh, cool. and i have to change i don't write new stuff every time but i have to keep changing it up because it's it's you know there's a core of the same people who are there every time mm. um, so I've and so two... and is that
1: stuff quite niche because that's what i find really interesting with you i wanted to talk about because you've got almost two sides of you haven't you you've got your kind of
3: well there's a there's a middle of a venn diagram i think that's, that's yeah there are, two, there are two extremes i suppose because yeah. what
1: i love to so, where, so... You were one of my favourite acts to work with when I was when I started because I was comparing Lone Star and you'd get booked at all of them. And so we worked together quite a bit. What I loved about your act when I was new and I was sort of experiencing all these new acts and seeing all the different ways of doing comedy, what I loved about your stuff was you were alternative, but everyone got it. Mm-hmm. So you had that set, which was a bit sort of silly. You break into song. And you do jokes. I remember. What was the one about? Just imaginative ideas. Like you like to um, hide. I mean, I'm probably going to butcher this. You like to hide and then jump out and go rah at the people wearing those no fear t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. brilliant. Like it's silly. It's a bit whack, a bit out there, but everyone gets it. So that. Yeah. So is it, so is that what you'd say is your centre of the Venn diagram? That stuff.
3: Yeah, it's about. It's it's all about trying to find interesting and odd and imaginative ideas and then finding a way of communicating those to a a mainstream Mm. straight audience. And, you know, all like there's a notion that weird comedy is somehow elitist, but like everyone likes Monty Python, Mm, (laughs) you know? And, and it it's, 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 I think, I think it's bullshit and it's, it's, um, um, but it, that's that's the sweet spot the sweet spot is getting people to laugh for things that and they when they don't even necessarily get like my favorite laugh is 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 like a blokey bloke laughing while saying what the fuck out loud (laughs) like i don't know this isn't usual but i'm i'm thoroughly enjoying it and it and my whole sort of like like the way i set up my sets is a way of basically saying to to an audience like this is for you This like, don't worry if you're not like, it's trying to make them feel safe because Mm. laughter is an all clear. And like like that's, you know, if someone falls over and it looks really bad, but they're all right. You laugh and it's the all clear. And if people don't feel safe, they won't laugh and they won't enjoy it. So I have to be like, you know, don't, and a few different, like, you know, people like Tony Law, Uh, Milton Milton Jones always said that like the straighter the crowd, the bigger he made his hair. Yeah, yeah. So that there's a sign that what they're gonna see is weird, but like but it's okay, you know. Mm. So you've got to make it kind of bigger. But with my online shows, because it's my audience, I can push and all the stuff I'm writing now is like an almost like an ideal version of what I've been doing for, you know, two decades of, of like trying to find that elusive like golden idea that is that it really feels fresh and new and interesting and odd but like it producing like a really effective reliable laugh mm. that's the that's the key so a lot of the stuff that i've been so what i was sort of saying earlier is is if i get something as far as to the stage um there's usually something about it that i'll then persevere with and try and like if the idea is good, then what I've got to work on is the idea of selling it. And like okay. with your stuff, it, like you know, changing the word order is is often just what you need. Mm. Of like, or the or or making the context and the setup just a little bit clearer, but without making it too spoon fed. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, hundred percent. So, so
3: so yeah. So so the idea of like bits of, that I couldn't get to work, I'm sort of like <laughs> yeah. kind dog dogged persistence of like it will work. That's you know? great.
1: So, so the stuff you do to your audience, when you come to doing like regular crowds now, mm. so you're then going to have to, so you've got that stuff working for your audience. You're then going to have to go, right, how do I make it work Yeah, for the new audience? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I get back into like the glee's and that sort of thing, mm. So are going right. how does, and, and there's a, there's a, you can do a high stakes thing if you can start, because like, I, I always have to start weird, like, with with, with the, the weirder stuff I do. Because if you start straight and then go weird, yeah. you get them and then you lose them. But if you start weird, you might not have them yet, but you will get them. Mm. So, like, you know, my... My current opening at the moment, which I really hope to be able to make in the clubs, is just the cry goes up Dog sharpener, nah! the wizened old man pushing his baleful contraption. Dog sharpener, nah! beagles, bassets, whippets, or Danes, better with a sharp edge or tapered to a point. Dog sharpener. Nah! And then it kind of continues. <laughs> and there's a bit where.
1: See, it's... for me, that, so, with, so I've seen you do stuff like that before. You'll get a laugh just when you just stop as yes. in yes what the, so the people that get it laugh and the people that have no idea what's going on laugh because it's what has just happened
3: yeah 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 and you have to do it with absolute confidence mm. So that they, because I, I really often really struggle is like open mic, new material type gigs. If I'm on after three brand new acts, you don't know what they're doing. Yes. The audience assume I don't know what yeah, I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when I go on doing something like that, they're like, well, what, what is this? Oh, Whereas if you, go, if you go on with, you know, a club, a club that's really well set up, mm. then, and there's a sort of shine, there's like a polish to the presentation of the night. Yeah then the context of what I'm doing is within that and so they're likely to so, go So the
1: contrast is like oh what's this? This is cool. This is different. It's
3: it's it's definitely the contrast and it's also the context. It's the it's the, the fact that they they're expecting it to be funny. They just haven't got to that bit yet. Yeah, yeah. So like so I do this this whole thing and it goes on for ages and it's like it's quite visual and then and then there's a pause of, like, I'm taking the bit seriously. And then and then the sort of, like, throwaway is, like, well, there's, you know, there's a lot to unpack there, isn't there? And it's sort <laughs> of, like, almost <laughs> like the peek behind the curtain of, like, you know.
1: Yeah, like that. you're saying to them, I know.
3: Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. And I have to do that with my gender presentation as well, like, you know. I'm, with your gender
1: presentation, what do you mean by that?
3: Well, I'm non-binary, and so, like, depending on my mood, I can be dressed and presented very feminine, and for, again, a straight audience, they will assume that that is somehow part of the joke.
1: (laughs) Right, okay.
3: If you you offer anything on a stand-up stage that isn't just normal, they will assume that you're going to...
1: So you say when you walk out wearing feminine clothing you sometimes yeah. would get a laugh they're like oh look at this guy mrs brown well, boys not a, it's
3: not a, it's not a laugh but they're waiting it's the elephant in the room they're waiting for me to address it i did i did a right. late night gig in adelaide like years and years ago and um everyone was and i say adelaide not just because it's i did a gig in Adelaide, but yeah. but because of the attitude of of what is quite a small town in australia um and they're about you know they're they're they're, you know most most australian expats would agree that they're they're probably about a decade behind us in terms of stuff and everyone was coming off going oh my god they're so lovely it's so great what a lovely you know it doesn't even feel like a late show it's just loads of energy and it's really great and i went out and i did five minutes of death This this is solid stuff what's going on and then i and then i remembered that i hadn't mentioned the fact that i was wearing right you know a skirt and makeup and I did a line about it, and the audience suddenly started laughing. And it was like I'd switched them on <laughs> because I'll address the thing. It's the, and same like, oh, thing right. it's
1: the same thing as before. It's like, you need to, yeah, I know, I know I'm wearing it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You yeah. don't need yeah. to panic. It's, you know.
3: But then I've, I've boiled that right, right down into uh, seven words, which is. Point point to an alpha male in the front row and go, "What the fuck are you wearing, weirdo?"
1: <laughs> yeah, nice. And, nice.
3: And then you go, you know, because then they're like, <laughs> it, that shows like an aggressive <laughs> level of confidence.
1: Yeah, yeah. So unexpected.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, you know, so, so were
1: you open with that?
3: No, I wouldn't. Open, no, 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 no.
1: Because what oh, you have you to do it,
3: with that, yep. what, you have to like, you have to give them a few minutes to have clocked it themselves. Yeah. And what that does is that kind of draws the bow back. It increases the potential energy. Yeah. And then when you mention it, it it lets it go. And they the audience go. firstly, it's a funny thing for for a feminine dressed, you know, masculine bodied person to aggressively have a go at someone else for what they're wearing. Yes. That is just inherently funny. Mm. But then also there's a release and relief with the audience of like oh, they do know what they, you know, yeah. there's, a, like, you know, that sort of stuff. And, it, and it's, it's the basic, it's you know, I, I know what because you're
1: thinking. Because a lot of, like, I suppose that, do you this, there aren't really many acts that do that, are there? So you've got Eddie Azard, which is the kind of, the go-to everyone yeah. knows. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: But there aren't many on the circuit, are there? Because I was just thinking... No, it, it,
3: it, I think it's because it's, it's, You've you've got enough to get past when you're doing stand-up yeah yeah and so you know my first year or so doing stand-up because I used to call it cross-dressing and that's not really what it is you know that was that was how I conceived of it in the in the early 2000s right but um but for me I felt that there was a that was a barrier so I just wear like sort of jeans and a t-shirt but I actually find now and this kind of goes back to that thing of like selling the weirdness um if the more almost almost formally female I dress Mm. like dressed up if really feminine, That that is then a hook for the audience to hang whatever visual weirdness they might... Because I've got, you know, if I go out wearing like a Watane T-shirt and a bullet belt and, and you know, patched up jeans and yeah. tattoos out and long hair, they're like, well, this isn't us. This is different. This is other. Mm. But there's not nothing extreme enough to like make it about it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Steve, Steve Hughes... Had a had a good line about sort of like you know expecting him to sell the big issue or something like that, but you know this this it's not it's not it's not like complete enough mm. for them to ho- have a, a hook
1: to hang it but on. It's really yes, this interesting because like a lot of acts have what they wear on stage because yeah. they've worked out what their act is and they've worked out what suits that the best so that yeah, straight yeah. away the audience know what this is. Milton Jones loud shirt messed up hair everyone yeah. knows. But Milton yeah. Jones wouldn't suddenly go on wearing a metal T-shirt every yeah. so often. So you kind of, so you actually make it quite hard for yourself, essentially. Do you think that well, it, you you no, have to know it, how to play its time? Well,
3: no, because I, I I am also conscious of 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 what gig needs what. Right. Okay. So so a big weekend club gig, you it really helps if you look like you've made a, an effort, mm. and and particularly with dressing feminine. Um but having a, a a masculine body um the better I do it the more it the more I sell it so mm. if I look quite you know like sort sort of like fashionable um then there's a thing the women in the world are kind of like, yeah okay, and there's just, there's like there's an interesting thing of like you know oh the, you know that's it's like if I went on dressed like a goth <laughs> right. But like really fair, that would that'd be too win and it wouldn't be, you know. There's almost a the thing of, I mean, I get this fucking annoying. It feels thing like you me.
1: need a, a like a chart, so you have got yeah. like <laughs> this gig, what gigs where you what you where, where which one, yeah.
3: But then, like you know, like a student gig, they don't give a fuck about gender stuff because they're all, you know, they're all. Like, like... a
1: student gig, I'll go on in a hoodie, and I never wear a hoodie. Yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah. What do
3: you wear for like your the the most, your most formal gigs? What do you wear I for usually them?
1: wear black jeans that, from a distance, look like trousers, so that's yeah. covered. Uh, I wear uh, usually for those gigs. I wear a shirt and then I wear like a bomber jackety kind of thing, okay. so it looks smart. Yeah. But yeah. it's not a suit.
3: So it looks considered and it looks put together. Yeah, yeah. But it, yeah, that's, that's absolutely... And then yeah, those, that's those sort of be.
1: midweek gigs, I'll do the same, but I'll wear a T-shirt instead of a shirt under the bomber jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: It's funny that level of format. And I think there's something yeah. to do with yeah, the well, expectation you
1: know, of what, what an audience have paid mm, for. Well, you know what, mate? That, that's. You, did you remember I used to wear a suit for a while? Now, a lot of people kind of looked at me weird as Axe, like, why is he wearing a suit? Because it's, quite, yeah, it's yeah. not... For our age, act is isn't really the done thing. No, totally. but, but what I found out was I was trying to earn a living doing this, and I was got in with jonglers but it was hard. And if it, <clears> if <throat> they didn't go for me, they didn't go for me. And as soon as I wore a suit, I never had a bad one. Right, I could have, yeah, yeah, I had yeah. ones that I He's thought
3: that bottom ten percent mm, off.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've got <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have gigs where I thought I've just got away with that. Like yeah, they will yeah. rebook me, but I've got away with it. But if I yeah. if I wasn't wearing a suit, it that would be all over the shop. Yeah. But since jodha stopped, I stopped wearing a suit.
3: Fair enough. Two, I think two of the worst gigs I've ever done. I was wearing a metal shirt. There's one in, <laughs> in there's one at the Concord in, in in Brighton.
2: Mm.
3: And I, I, have a, I have a weird relationship with gigs in Brighton. I've got my audience there now. But sometimes I just are to the t- yeah. Like, oh, Brighton, that'll suit you. But sometimes they're the toughest. Why do you think that
1: is? Because. Because, because they're up themselves
3: essentially I mean, you think, like, right. you know. yeah and so if they don't get something or if they don't like something they they're like you know well i know what i like there's no sort of, you know it's not like playing burnley mm. where if i go on there's a there's a like, there's an attitude of meeting you halfway but yeah right you of don't like, think it's because you know you
1: said that sometimes the what you dress in ha- adds to the they're helping them deal with the weirdness yeah so but if if in brighton there are more people like men wearing feminine clothing is it yeah. does it become well, it's not as it's not as unusual Well, there. there's there's a, a there's a thing
3: when I do gay gigs where I mean also like over over the years since I started you know when I started britain was an extremely transphobic country mm. and now it isn't yeah <laughs> and i used to, oh, have so, to yeah, play so you, you've it gone through that whole so
1: transition right yeah. yeah
3: i used to have to play against it so much and now if I play against it too much, there's a kind of watch your issue. Mm. Um, I did. I did a radio four show about it um, about gender and 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 that stuff uh, a few years ago. And someone like someone in my band posted it, and someone else, like a friend of his or some whatever, said, "Oh yeah, I I I saw them doing that. And what, why do they keep having to bang on about?" about, you know, transvestism, as I used to call it. And I was like, I've only ever done, like, maximum about 10 minutes of it, like half-hour set. But there was a notion of, like, get over yourself. No All one right. cares. But that, that completely contrasts with going on stage and having audiences visibly hate me. Because yeah. it's such a... My lived experience of it tells me that at the very least I've got to address it. And there's also a bit of mileage in talking about it, you know. Well, yeah,
1: I think people... So that's what I was going to say earlier. When you don't talk about it, people kind of want you to. They're interested in yeah, it. They're
3: wondering why this thing hasn't been addressed.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: But, now, but you can, you know, I can now do it in seven words.
1: Yeah. If, yeah. Which is the
3: ultimate, isn't it? Yeah. And then you get that out of the way. And then you, you know, and, and a lot of gigs, you know, I mean, the last...
1: Because the thing I is, your wh- stuff is so silly a lot of the time. Yeah. it would be weird for you to need to get really deep and down into a topic yeah. it doesn't seem yeah. what you I, do that's
3: absolutely right that's absolutely right i don't i'm so so bored talking about it um in those sorts of terms that and in fact every gig i did through um the, the that kind of lockdown gap we had over the summer mm. um every single gig i didn't mention it at all um yeah. and that was and I, and 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 um, that's what I'm going to experiment with when we, when we get back properly is can I just now not mention it mm. unless it maybe looks like the audience really needs me to, are we now at a stage where it's, you know, trans people are so visible and gender queer people are so visible that everyone knows what it is. Mm. So it's not like going to be new to them.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's that's, one of those things I'm... that you think in a big city, hundred percent, People are more exposed, but I guess if you go to those weird little country gigs, countryside gigs, do you know? Do you find they're different?
3: Yeah, I just I just moved, so I. Oh yeah, I, I you're spent, in Oxford now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spent a year living in Milton Keynes mm. uh, because of family uh, tragedy, and um, I'm very, very glad to be out there. But the thing I had, the thing that the, the little line I wrote about, so I li- we lived in New Bradwell, which is just at the top of Milton Keynes. And it's it's exactly the sort of place that people like me move away from. Like you know, right. if you grew up there, you couldn't wait. You would not be able to wait to get out. And um, and the reaction I got there from my gender presentation, the bit I do about it is like it was. I was people looked at me the way people look at like a new twenty pound note. It was like, oh, I heard we were getting these, <laughs> it's like, but I have never actually seen one. This is the first one I've seen, and I think that I think. They, they, it, the, like the consciousness of, uh, about it is so universal but that is not the same <laughs> as people's actual direct experience. Yeah. So there, there's like a benign curiosity mm. but not hostility. And so, I think so it's, would, it's that,
1: China. So would it be, would people say things or you could just, they, just in no, the way no, they...
3: No, there's a lot of just really checking out what's, you know, because it, <laughs> you know, there was no one like me there. And, you know, and but, you know, I've been in Oxford now for, for a week today. Mm. And, um, and yeah, I've already seen several genderqueer people and, right. you know, just like, oh, okay, cool, fine. I'm, and I feel like I'm plugged back into the real world. <laughs> but I often find that those little gigs, those parochial gigs, they're so excited to get something new in, in the place where they live. The difference and oddness and weirdness... Um, are really welcomed because it adds like a real texture to to where they live. If they go from there to the big nearest city, mm. there's a different attitude. But if you go to them, most of those oh. gigs are, are, I think, if they're well run and if they're well attended, yeah. some of the very, very best gigs well, you can it's do. like those
1: gigs you used to come and do when I was comparing. Yeah. You used to absolutely smash those.
3: They're lovely. They're really lovely. Mm. And you just have to, you just have to treat, you know, most people in the country are open-minded. Most people in the country aren't hostile to weirdness. When people are doing that, it's generally a social performance anyway. When a group of lads shout at you for your hair or whatever, they don't—they don't think that. They just want to show their mates that they're coming. Yeah. You know,
1: right, yeah, it's yeah. not—it's
3: not really about. Would you? Would you stop people doing that? Also, well, no, I wouldn't stop people doing it. So. <laughs> yes. <Yeah, what, yeah. laughs> what you're doing is is in a way trying to stop you know it's such a weird thing so mm. but yeah it's um it but ultimately it, the, the 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 goal is always to to increase and enhance the texture of people's lives by bringing into a mainstream area material ways of being funny that aren't the norm and that's mm. you know it, it, it's life is much more interesting with I suppose trying like a sort of underground sense, like music sensibility. Um, remember in the in, in the in the in the in the nineties where like really cool weird underground bands would get on mainstream TV.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: In a way that they just don't now because mm. there's TV so sort of stratified and it's like oh, yeah. that in sort of mainstream. You know, you think- when stand up started in in its current form in the eighties, the clubs were full of mad like really brilliantly mad stuff. You know, the bloke yeah. sort of like you know drilling through a block of ice and, and you know, shit like that. Mm. And as it's as it's become more commercial and more commercially viable, pe- you know, promoters seek what reliably works at the expense of what's, you know. So yes. I, I have to, like, mould myself to be reliable. Mm. The texture of our lives as stand-ups is so rich. It's so, you know, you've been to every corner of this island. You've been to loads of different countries. You just, you're thrown into... Someone said this about bars, just generally, versus lockdown. And I think this, with with standard, the random, the random input into your life, is huge. Mm. People you're going to meet, the places, you know, the the, the I, I I really miss the feeling of going into the venue, finding out where you go, and you know, oh yeah, I'm, you know, go up to the if it's in a pub, go up to the bar, and I'm doing comedy here. Oh yeah, it's you know, round the yeah, round yeah. the back and that sort of. And then going up and seeing how the room's going to be laid out, and oh no, they've got one of those really shit lights that, that's not quite. <laughs> you know, I'm lit from one side, and it's a bit glary and all that absolute texture mm. versus you know routine and yeah. I think part of, part of why I've I've struggled, uh, and I, I think most comics have with um, with lockdown, is the life I self consciously gave up. Yeah. Of routine domesticity, sleeping in the same bed night after night, yeah. traveling around a small area. And if people are happy with that, then that's great. And I'm ha- genuinely happy for them. But, uh, you know. I- yeah, so <laughs> <It's laughs> the- if gigs don't come back soon, I'm- <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> they will, mate. So that's the good news. That's not it? It's, it's soon. 100%. It's exciting. It is exciting. And you know what's weird? I'm, I, one of the things I'm really looking forward to is just driving yeah and listening to a podcast and just yeah. having my space and being able to just stop at a services and have a coffee and sit there for a while yeah. and work on some bits yeah. and then go and to the town a bit early and have a wander around and go and see something stay in the hotel it's just all those things that make up the job
3: absolutely i really absolutely. miss there's there's a huge amount i don't think i realized how much of a solitary person i am because mm. It's such an extrovert part of, of stand-up, but but you know, living with my my wife and my niece, and you know, I mean, I'm in a room on my own working, but they're in the house. But yeah. but you know, like on a train, you know, because I I use I, I don't drive, so I use public transport, and 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 being on a just on a train, looking out the window, just being lost in your head, and of course, that's where a huge amount of material that a lot of that random input is where material comes from as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, my writing is has really fizzled out because yeah. it's not. You know, I don't just write about things I've seen and done, but there's something about the random input that that goes through the the, the brain and then kind of pinballs around and comes out a different way. Mm.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: But you know, that's, and I've 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 never been one for complaining about the, the the travel and all that sort of thing. You know, be it three a.m. You know, having to having to walk around Leicester for an hour and a half because I'm waiting for the night bus home. <laughs> and I'm keeping warm. You know, but.
1: Sort so it's an adventure,
3: how, isn't it? Yeah, I think. it's exactly adventure. Yeah. Totally.
1: I love it. Um, so, have you got any? So, I mean, we haven't really got into any bits. We've been talking about jokes, but have you got any sort of got sort of 10 minutes to go? Yeah. Have you got any bits yeah. that you sort of thought about? So, so my my second ever gig, mm-hmm. I had to drop one
3: of my jokes because someone else did it.
1: Oh, okay. At the so, gig?
3: Yeah. Wow. So, my, so, my joke was my first ever gig. Um, I had a joke, um, uh, spare a thought for, um, zebras who can't get jobs in supermarkets because every time they go and <laughs> put something through a till, they scan themselves, right? <laughs> my, second, my second ever gig, I, I was on second and the guy who was on first said, it'd be funny if they sold zebras in shops, wouldn't they? You wouldn't need a barcode. Wow. And I, and I panicked. I mean, my second gig, was my first gig was really good. My second gig was terrible because I panicked so much about having to drop that bit. Yeah. And then I was just thrust on stage. Um, And from that point, I realized the the concept of of parallel evolution of material. Mm. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've written one about a barcode on a road being a zebra crossing. Right. But. I mean, it never worked. I mean, it just yeah. didn't... It was, it's nonsense. Yours was is great. <laughs> but that's interesting. Isn't that... What a coincidence.
3: But if you, I mean, the fact that it was, like, my first... But what a yeah. lesson to have, like, yeah. gig number two. That guy couldn't possibly have been in the audience for the first mm. gig. And if he had, he wouldn't have had the audacity on the same bill as me to mm. do the same joke, you know.
1: Yeah. I wrote um, i wrote a joke once that... Um, was, I mean, this shows how long ago it was. It was when MySpace was a thing. Yeah. And it was something... Oh, it's, it's something to do with someone getting confused between Facebook and MySpace, an old person getting confused and saying, Do you wanna it's when we it was a shared computer as well and then they'd be like, Do you wanna come on My Face? <laughs> right. Which I mean it's, it's rubbish, but <laughs> but it it's, it's so easy to come up with that I, yeah. I did it at a gig and then um and then the headliner was there late. So they hadn't seen my set, and they. Whereas my, I think I might have spoke about this on the podcast before. Their, their mine was a one-liner, but theirs was this big routine ending <laughs> with that line, and they did this massive build-up and then wow. hit it, and he got nothing. And then afterwards, they were like, "Right, we need to talk about you know whose joke this is." Yeah. And I was like, "It's fine, it's fine. Don't yeah, worry yours, about it's it. It's yours. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Like, it's not a big deal." But that was again, that was a lesson then, like. You need to know what's going on in the gigs if you can, or yes, or know how to adjust if that does happen, and someone does something similar to you.
3: One, that was for me that was one of the spurs to to dig deeper for my material
2: because
3: mm. I, you know, I've you know, I really love jokes and I really love that I really love punchy jokes. Um, the shortest I've ever written is Greeks hate plates, <laughs> um, but that you know, but getting getting the work done economically is, is is a beautiful mm. thing but you know if you've ever like i've written topical. i mean fucking, the, the, the only topical show i've ever written was my last edinburgh show which i was hoping to tour and then covid took it away uh-huh, and separate. now i'm not gonna be able to do it but but topical material i'll steer clear from because as soon as something happens a thousand comics are looking at that seeing yep. how they can yep. turn it into something whereas you know um Dog sharpener. It's, <laughs> it's relatively unlikely. I mean, if someone, like, someone
1: else does the exact same song, yeah, You, you something suspicious going on yes, there. It's
3: definitely something suspicious. <laughs> um, and I, but there's also, I mean, anything to do with proverbs, someone's usually done. I did. I did a joke that turns out. Um, uh, Alistair Beckett King um, has done, which is um, uh, to quote the old vegan proverb: "You can't make an omelette anyway right yeah yeah. but yeah, that yeah. went that then went into a bit about proverbs and people like, oh you can't do it because he's doing it. I, was like, I was i was furious that's the only time i've been genuinely angry because <laughs> it served <laughs> a function within the set yeah to get into a thing about proverbs but you've just got you know which is got why that guy
1: with the my face joke was so annoyed because that was a five minute bit i think
3: i mean that's a serious yeah that is <laughs> but, you've, but you've got to but you've you've got to you've got to trust that there's going to be another bit to come along and replace it. You know, Mm. Um, I had a bit, I mean, so here's, here's here's my record for how funny I thought a joke was compared to how it actually turned out on stage. Right. So I was on a train and I came up with a bit every now and then I'll find a bit downloads into my head. Like it doesn't feel like it's come from me um, because it arrives fully formed Mm. Um, or at the very least it arrives kind of, like a complete thing that i then have to unpack rather than write and i had this idea about like an egyptian well not like just like a biblical king boasting i'm a rich man and i have many sons and he goes on about all of his sons and like ezekiel you know like a farmer of a thousand acres and like you know, and, and all these different names and so-and-so, the spice merchant and Barbaroff, the astronomer. And so he, he he gives them like their name and then like their title and then a little bit about what they do. Um, and, you know, the, the, the spice merchant who's wares grace the kitchens of all seven royal kingdoms. And so-and-so whose who's, who's aqueducts bring water from distant hills to the heart of our republic. And he goes on and on. And then he goes, and Dave, who runs a breakfast cereal based cafe <laughs> <laughs> in east london and and i i laughed so hard that the i've never like this is like a cliche i laughed so hard the bloke next to me became genuinely uncomfortable because i couldn't stop laughing at the contrast between his pride in, in these, in these like proper, like biblical yeah, yeah, yeah. achievements of his many sons. And then this hipster wanker who runs a <laughs> cereal cafe, right? <laughs> and, I, and I, and I, I was so excited about it. I texted it to my wife and I texted it to Mark Burrows. who's in my band. who's like like, sort of like comedy best friend. And uh, like, I couldn't keep my powder dry. I couldn't wait till, to wait till they do on stage. I decided to call my show, I'm a rich man and I have many sons, based around this routine, before I'd even done it. And I did it for the first time and it got fuck all. <laughs> and then I did it for the second and third and fourth time and it got fuck all. And I'm like, H-? and then by this time it was too late because I'd submitted my show title. Oh fuck. And, and I'm like, and this, this was supposed to be like the bit. Mm. And, and I thing is, I still think it's really, really funny. It's a great idea. Why? So, so what I ended up doing with it. So, so the first thing I did was um, made it a, a bit of a cool, so the show's called I'm a Rich Man and I Have Many Sons. I then wrote a few other bits that peppered through the show. So, so I just, and so I had the show title projected on the back wall, so it's in people's heads. Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes people will walk into a show without real consciousness of what the title is, and if you do something relate to the title without planting it within the show, it won't, it won't land. Um, so then I, I said, I'm a rich man and I have many sons. How rich you ask? Rich like Noddy Holder in January, and like so that's, <laughs> that's like a solid joke based on the thing. Yeah, and then. Towards the end, and this fitted in quite well. Talking about, I mean, it's ironic. I talked about, you know, our decision not to have kids, which then went into a a really long bit about the time we had an abortion, which mm. is a really like hard story with a, with a, with a, with a payoff that's big enough to to buy that time. Mm. And then and then I talk about how when you have kids, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, and i talk about, like, my brother is a fireman, I mean, and he's, like, he's just got an MBE because of his work with COVID and he's, like, in the parachute regiment TA and he's, like, a hard nut and a bully and, like, alpha mm. male. And then there's, you know, non-binary, vegan, <laughs> you know, clown, that's me. And my parents didn't choose either of those <laughs> outcomes. So then there's a piece I had a piece I had a, a green cloth on this altar thing I had and I had a bit of um, a, a long bit of gaffer tape on the mic stand so they can see these things all, the, all throughout the show I put the, the, the scarf around me and then I put the the, the, the gaffer tape on my chin like a, like an Egyptian ancient <laughs> Egyptian beard and then I said I'm a rich man and I have many sons so now I'm a character that they've heard but not seen. So that gets a laugh. Yeah. Then I do the thing about the son. So I've now talked about, because I say explicitly, you have to pretend to be proud of all your kids, Mm. how they come out. Then I do the bit. Oh, so that adds, so you didn't do that first? I had to back engineer
1: this huge amount
3: of context.
1: That makes perfect (laughs) sense, though, having to say that, really spread out to them.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. So then
1: what they're doing is, even though this is a mad big piece, they're still relating to it that that is a thing. That's a yeah. that's, that's an observation. Essentially, that's a, not just an observation. It's a Jeff Green observational yeah. comedy bit.
3: Mm. Jeff
1: Green, who is, I think,
3: deserves a lot more credit as the originator of modern observational mm. comedy.
1: Sean um, Walsh is a massive fan of Jeff Green.
3: Jeff Green's incredibly. Mm. It's, it's brilliant. He's brilliant and he's lovely as well. But he's really he's he's he's. he's um, he, I mean, and he was on—he was on everything at one at one point. He was huge, mm. but also he doesn't because because observational comedy is so ubiquitous. He doesn't get enough credit as the originator of it. Yeah, I think. Um, and I had a similar thing with what has become like my biggest kind of um, kind of catchphrase, to the degree that I got badges and patches with this on. So I had a bit of material. Which is an, another piece of back-engineered observational comedy about how um, I started seeing these trampolines with like cages built around them. And, but on one, on one, so there's a, there's a, there's a phenomenon called the Barden Meinhof phenomenon, which um, anyone who does ritual magic will will tell you happens with magic. It's about changing your consciousness. If you go out with a redhead, you suddenly see redheads everywhere. Mm. If you um, if you say, I've never heard this song before. some goes, I was really old. You go, you'll suddenly hear that song everywhere. If you get a new yeah. car, you see that make a car everywhere. Because you filter filter stuff out all the time. Otherwise you go mental. Um, it, and and there's, there was a psychologist who heard about the Bader meinhof group. Um, as far as they were concerned for the first time. And then he's like, I'm, how have I not heard about this massive paramilitary, like leftist terror group? And then he saw re- references to them everywhere. So he called the term bader meinhof phenomenon. Now, I had this with with cage, with trampolines, with cages around it, with its big cages around the outside. I was on a train journey, and I'm like, "What the fuck is that? That's mad!" And then I saw them everywhere. I'm oh. like, "Wow, I must have seen them before." So, so the joke was, "Why are they there?" And surely that's like a dreary experience for a child. And then I just came up with this thing: we must cage them. Who? <laughs> The jumping children, yes. <laughs> for too long, the children have jumped free, right? The way, I want, the way I wanted to do it originally was just start going, we must cage them, and then slowly spill it, like, sort of, like, mm. but people, by the time I got to the punchline, people didn't have it in their heads enough for it to, for it to work. It mm. was like... I I thought I was slow, not a pullback and reveal, but a slow reveal as to why does he keep shouting, "We must cage them." Yeah, and then like you know, but that
1: that to me a, that's, so that's that, great. But then I knew what you were talking about when you set it up. So, so do you so, think that's as in it's not in their conscious mind enough about those? Yes, that they yeah. they they haven't made they haven't ever thought to themselves. It's weird that there's a yeah, think a cage. Maybe people don't think of it as a. I don't know. That's interesting.
3: Did you so I so I what well, I and I did a similar thing with this where I shouted we must cage them throughout throughout the show.
2: Mm. And
3: then <laughs> Oh so um, just
1: randomly, every so often. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just Great. Love that. so
3: we must we must cage them yeah. at the crowd, right? And then and then I did a thing um, <laughs> th- like I am t- trying to remember how I how I got into it. But I but I did a thing of saying the the netting that they put out around the, around the outside of trampolines. So I didn't say the word cage. Right. So I'm saying like, when was it decided that that was, so I don't have, I don't know. say I don't have kids, but and I told the story of seeing it on the train
0: mm.
3: and, and how like, you know, all of a sudden, all every trampoline had, you know, and it was like, you know, a law had been passed. I'd imagine in some, and I was thinking about like actually the film Threads, which is like the bunker underneath Sheffield Town Hall. There's some like basement underneath the Town Hall. There's a, okay. So uh, I thank you all for coming to the meeting. Uh, uh, first on the agenda, uh, we must cage them. <laughs> and then what I've been shouting suddenly becomes yeah the pullback and reveal. Oh, that's what that's what they've been talking about the whole show. And yeah. then who the jumping children. And then it and then it's like then it what that is so you, is had, a to sp- so you really had to spoon
1: feed them, lot. yeah.
3: But it's not it's it's not quite it, it's almost the opposite of spring feeding them. It's like taking them as far as you can while they definitely won't make the jump themselves. Right. And yeah. then the joke becomes not about the trampolines, mm. but about oh that's why they've been shouting we must yeah, cage yeah, them yeah.
1: throughout the show. Yeah.
3: That becomes a joke. The structure. I, and, it, and it's still and someone said to me, I preferred it the original way. And I'm like, Yes, yeah, so did I. Of course. <laughs> but that you know and and it's interesting those those and that, that's that thing of like you were saying right at the top about taking the experimental ideas mm. but tweaking them just enough so that they don't lose their soul yeah but they you're not you're not um, denying anybody the the joke
0: mm.
1: brilliant you know, you know. So what, a great, what a great what a great what a great rounded way to end the podcast mate that's <laughs> awesome go. thanks mate that was great andrew o'neill hashtag aruga to andrew o'neill uh there you go great episode lovely
2: stuff um i hope you all enjoyed that did you enjoy it joel I absolutely did. Andrew O'Neill, one of the best. And also was gigging around Kent and the Southeast at the time of my brief comedy career. Oh, was he? Eh? When so you were a professional comedian? did, With Andrew, yeah, exactly. Which gig did you Andrew do with and him? I, I think it might have been one in Whitstable. Does that ring any bells?
1: Yeah, I've heard of Whitstable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what kick was that at the horse bridge I don't know it could
2: have been the horse bridge mm. who knows
1: oh great stuff and th- did you chat to him did you like him yeah 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 he's a nice guy isn't he
2: absolutely the best hair in comedy uh, oh, I said it wow
0: stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started
1: yeah quite quite good hair yeah correct (laughs) um i I don't know if we spoke about it in the podcast i haven't listened back yet but he took me to mosh in this at Download Festival or Glastonbury or something, into this place, and uh, I saw a lead singer of a band get kicked in the face by some mosher that was swinging and got a bit over wow. confident with it. And then the guy got up and started screaming again. Couldn't work out whether that was part of the song or <laughs> he was injured. Um, but it was it was it was an experience that I will never forget. Um, so if you like the episode, any feedback at jokes with Mark across all social media. We like hearing from you very much. Um, we, I feel like we had a bit of feedback from the last one. Oh, here we go. Ooh. Um, I think you need to make it clear. You're talking about a location rather than the items. Okay. Well, that's what we said in the thing. This was from the Morgan Reese episode last week, and it was talking about lost property office and not knowing where it is. Mm-hmm. And I feel that's that's what we said in it. So thanks, Rob, for, for that. <laughs> I, feel, I think, yeah. I he hasn't he, he did then put excuse me, where's your lost property office? Nobody knows. Oh, so he's added office. mm Interesting. Interesting idea. Well done, Rob. Uh, and he's uh his Twitter handle's bank robber. So I don't know there we go. like I don't know. do you think I think if he was one he probably wouldn't Or is it a double bluff? Could be a double bluff because he'd know I was about to, I would say that and then think he wasn't one. Exactly. A bank
2: robber's not calling themselves at bank robber. I call myself a comedian. Mm. So does that mean I am? Well, by your logic, it means you're not.
1: I'm not. I might Mm. change that. (laughs) Um, If I change it to I'm not a comedian, does that work? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's believable um joel joely boy mark uh oh um yes we're going to record our we've got oh, there's a bonus uh patreon episode of andrew nil and over at the patreon.com uh, forward slash jokes with mark uh thank you to everyone who's been signing up lots of nice feedback especially for our uh, our own little podcast you and me joel 361 jokes five at a time uh, which we upload every week uh video and audio so go check that out on our patreon um Anything more from you, Joe? There's nothing more from me, Mark. Is there anything more from you, Mark? Nothing more from me, Joe. Hashtag Oogre,
3: everybody.